Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Welcome into the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, January 20th. J.C. Sherbert here with you. It's a Wednesday. Obviously, Wednesdays, you guys get a lot of me, especially if you happen to live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I know there's a few Gamecocks over there. I start every Wednesday on Tide 100.9 with Wimp and Barry Sanderson. Uh, transition on to hopefully drop in an episode of this or J.C. and Morgan, uh, or sometimes both, and then rock and roll on the JB and Goldwater show this afternoon. Uh, usually start that around 1230 Eastern time. So anyway, uh, Wednesday is JC day. Uh, I used to have a buddy that, um, you know, his name was Jerry. He's an Irishman. And uh, when Jerry retired, he, he really enjoyed what we call day drinking. And uh, you'd get a text he sent text to some of my friends or called him up. It's like, come to Little Owls. It's Jerry Day. Um, and so I think that's kind of what I feel without the day drinking on Wednesdays. Like, you know, get on your radio. It's JC Day. Uh, anyway, that went over like a lead balloon. But um, so got some news here. Football scoop this morning is confirming kind of what we've been hearing about the offensive line position. Greg Adkins. Uh, and Greg Atkins is a marshal now, but he's a guy. And, and I, I look, I, I like this. I like having uh, as your O line coach. If they weren't going to be able to get Travell Wharton in, I would, uh, you know. And I, I don't know. I, maybe Travell wants to stay uh, in the NFL. I'm for the grizzled veteran um, to come in and and, and coach. Uh, and this guy uh, coached with Jim Donnan. At Georgia, uh, coached offensive line and tight ends, ninety-seven to two thousand. Uh, he's at Marshall, which is his alma mater right now. But of course, they had a coaching change, uh, hiring Charles Huff to replace Doc Holliday. Uh, after that, he's at Troy, joined the Tennessee staff under Fulmer, and that's where his paths crossed with Marcus Satterfield and Shane Beamer. Oh three to oh eight, he was with Tennessee. Uh, offensive line coach, recruiting coordinator, coached some tight ends. Uh, got the O-line, 06 to 08. Went to Syracuse, I believe, with Doug Marone and to the Bills with Marone. Uh, went back, coached under Gundy at Oklahoma State from 15 to 16. Uh, came to Charlotte for a year in 2017, I believe under Brad Lambert. And then he's been at Marshall since 2018. This guy – uh, you, you kind of remember Tennessee always had a pretty good offensive line. Um, and uh, he had some good offensive linemen at Syracuse, I thought. Uh, coached in the NFL. Um, when he was with Oklahoma State, I think they went 20 and six over the two years he was there. Um, and was a good recruiter, uh, at some point, you know. So, I, I you know, I, I think that. I like if this ends up being the higher and football scoop says it's looking that way. And I've heard the same thing. I, I think, you know, you got a grizzled veteran uh, in there to coach your offensive line. Uh, and, and I think that's pretty good. You know, this guy coached Michael Munoz uh, at Tennessee. 
and uh, Aaron Sears at Tennessee. I mean, a lot of great players. Uh, West Virginia native, uh, went to Marshall, all that good stuff. So, so, and he's assistant, he was assistant head coach under Doc Holliday. So we'll see, you know, I, I think Adkins would be a, a pretty good fit uh, on the offensive line for the Gamecocks. Uh, you know, and, and as I've said many times, your offensive line coaches in the SEC, you are never going to make anybody happy. It's probably the hardest job in the league because every week you're going up against the greatest uh week in and week out uh, as far as defensive line goes. So we're going to monitor that. Stay tuned to thebigspur.com for an announcement on that. Basketball last night, Gamecocks go down to Missouri, top 25 team on the road, 81-70. Carolina, unlike the LSU game where they played well for 36 minutes, they were behind the eight ball from the start. Missouri sort of led start to finish. Carolina just, you know, couldn't get it going. If you're looking for a bright spot in that game, I I think Trey Anderson – who didn't play a lot last year, uh, did some nice things, and maybe he's in line for some more minutes. Everybody was really high on him coming in. Uh, I think that you're trying, starting to see why. Uh, this year's been such a mystery with only six, you know, six games, seven games now. Uh, you hadn't had a chance to see, you know, guys get into the flow. Um, I, I think here's the key for Carolina. I, I think A.J. Lawson and Jermaine Cousinard have to play well for this team to, to have a chance to beat good teams. Um, and they did not, quite frankly. The shots just weren't falling. Uh, Wildens Levesque, who I thought played really well, uh, he's kind of the only post guy right now. I uh, thought he played really well against LSU. He had a tough night. Uh, Missouri really attacked the inside. Uh, and the game guys got to get better on defense. You know, that, that's kind of Frank Martin's calling card. Uh, they have to get better defensively. Uh, you know, you, you can go up and down the court all you want, but this is a streaky shooting team. Uh, so you're, you're, you're going to have nights when the shots aren't really falling. Uh, and you got to go make plays on defense, make defense turn into offense, that type of thing. Um, I think Keyshawn Bryant's playing really well right now. Uh, pretty solid. You know, he missed some shots last night. Obviously, it wasn't the 26-point outburst like he had against LSU. Uh, you know, you look at kind of who's making good decisions and out there hustling and trying. You know, he is. Obviously, Manaya always brings his game. But the other guys have been sort of up and down the, the, these last two games. Uh, Carolina's got a beatable Auburn team, a good Auburn team, but a beatable one coming in this weekend. And, you know, because of the way the season's gone with the cancellations and stuff, every game is very, very critical. Very, very critical. So um, that's the deal there. So we'll see uh, see kind of how everything evolves uh, moving forward uh, with the basketball team. But I know some of you are disappointed. And, you know, whenever a coach has been someplace nine years, Final Four or not in any sport, and, and I still believe the fan base has, you know, somewhat – of a football mentality where every loss is a disaster. Basketball is not an undefeated sport. Uh, Very few basketball teams go undefeated, no matter how good they are. Um, I know every loss will be magnified since this is a year where you've had so many cancellations and things like that. And, and I, but I still believe this is a good basketball team. Um, And I understand the Frank Martin criticism. I'm not getting into it. I've defended him. Uh, and, and and you guys know where I stand on Frank Martin. I think he's a heck of a coach. Uh, I think he's a, a guy that, you know, has a very hard job. 
you know, because in basketball, men's basketball, South Carolina is a very hard job. And then don't point toward the women and tell me, well, Don Staley did it. Don Staley's the Michael Jordan of women's basketball. Um, you know, South Carolina was very fortunate to land her. Uh, and really, in, in, in women's basketball, there's about 10 programs that are really good. And the rest are just kind of there. Um, you know, so there's the ability to have upward mobility. So if you are a South Carolina uh, or you are a Mississippi state um, and Tennessee goes backward, you know, you, you have upward mobility in the league. And it took her a while. Um, but, you know, that, that's a championship level program. The women's program also gets more support than the men's program at the University of South Carolina. And that's just a fact, whether that's because of those cheap ticket prices or the fact people just show up to support a winner. I tend to think the women's basketball fan base is a different crowd uh, around Columbia than the men. Um, just like the baseball crowd's a little bit different than the football crowd or the basketball crowd. But um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, the program was, you know, I think really the last bit of life got snuffed out of it when Dave Odom had two NCAA tournament teams that won the NIT and then went backward and somehow that bought him two more years. I don't know why. Um, And then the mistake of hiring Darren Horn. Um, if you think about that, that's about a six-year deal plus the first three of Frank where he has to completely rebuild it. That's about a decade during the time, and I've said this before, when South Carolina's baseball program was winning national championships, the football program was winning 10-11 games. Uh, you started seeing signs of life with Dawn Staley's program. Men's basketball was an afterthought. And they built, built, built to the Final Four. They got screwed the Final Four year before. Um I think really the only season that's been uh, disappointing, in other words, like didn't live up to what it could have been, was probably last season because uh, that team probably should have won a couple of more games. And by the time the pandemic hit, been a lock for the NCAA tournament. They weren't. They probably were not going to make it, barring a run to Saturday at least, probably Sunday at the SEC tournament. We know they struggled there. Um so I, I think Frank's had one season where he really hadn't lived up to expectations, and that was last season. Um, so, you know, this season, how do you judge it? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think Frank Martin's a heck of a basketball coach. I think he's uh, done really well. I do understand the frustration with losing, um, and I'll leave it at that. But uh, I also think that this team, if they get back on track this weekend, you know, uh, these were tough, two tough back-to-back games. Um, I know LSU got completely blown out of the water by Alabama last night. Um, Alabama hit 23 three-pointers. So, you know, we'll kind of see uh, how all of it shakes out. You know, maybe LSU wasn't good. I tend to think they were, but, you know, we'll see kind of what happens. Um, so, Yesterday, we we jumped the gun on a report. Uh, those of you that saw the video, maybe you didn't see the video. Derek Moore, uh, who's – go just Google him uh, on YouTube or Google on YouTube. Search for him on YouTube. See some of his speeches he's given. He, he gave a speech to the Carolina football team uh, that, that they released on their Twitter, the official Twitter account, and all over their social media, and then pulled back 
because it hasn't been official yet that he's been hired. I do expect that to happen. He's going to come in in a player development role, um, similar to what Connor Shaw and Marcus Lattimore have been doing. Connor Shaw is not going anywhere, by the way, guys. Um, if anything, they'll expand, you know, that department. Uh, Connor may have some other, like, football-related stuff. Uh, I think this is super positive because, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, what went wrong, what went wrong, what went wrong. Uh, and, and the feeling around the program um, from those who have departed, you know, to those who have not departed, <laughs> uh, to those who are there now, is that a lot of the problems were mental. You know, uh, I was told this locker room has to heal because there, there was a lot of healing that needed to be done. And a lot of, uh, you know, just, you know, sometimes when you lose, it sort of, I guess, snowballs on you. So you you sit there and you, you've lost and lost and lost. And no matter how confident you feel or how hard you work, you know, mentally when you get in the game and, and, and everything's live, sometimes it just doesn't work out. It's hard to make it work out because you you hear the term, we don't know how to win. Well, that's part of knowing how to win is having that confidence to know how to go in and win. So I, I think that uh, if you're South Carolina, yes, there's a lot of physical work. And, and the people that sit there and say all the players suck are wrong, there are good players on this team. They probably don't have enough of them to go win an SEC championship, but they dang sure have enough of them to be better than two and eight or four and eight. And a lot of it's mental and a lot of it's culture. You hear that talk a lot. You know, there needed to be a different culture uh, sort of established. And I think hires like Derek Moore, I know you guys listened to Luke Day, the new strength coach at his press conference. What a breath of fresh air. He, you know, th this is a great quote. And if you're not following Inside the Gamecocks, on Instagram, I encourage you to do that because I put this on Instagram yesterday on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast account, which is, you know, full of fun, I guess. So there goes the dogs. You can get there by going to Inside the Gamecocks uh, on Instagram. And listen to this. The path to greatness is not a process. It is a struggle. Struggle well. Um, that comes from Luke Day, the new offensive line coach, or excuse me, the new uh, strength coach at South Carolina. Uh, I find it refreshing because you hear so much about the process <laughs> when you're talking about Bama and the Saban coaching tree and, and, and all that. Uh, and somebody really smart pointed it out to me. So if you have a process, a process makes it very utilitarian. Uh, almost like a corporate deal. Uh, and, and then, you know, that's all you really have is like, you know, it's just about, you know, work and football. And and that's kind of, you know, you, you approach it like a job. And, and I think at Alabama, you can definitely do that, you know, especially, and, and I, and I don't know that I don't want to make it sound like Nick Saban doesn't care about his players because that's not true. 
Um, Nick Saban cares deeply about his players. That whole Alabama program in the grand scope of the process, the process is really more of a, a mental thing when you talk about it. That means focus on the task at hand and, and all that good stuff. And so I don't necessarily think that, you know, you throw the actual process out the window because I think that's just a good way to live life. And I'm sure Luke Day would agree with me. But when you talk about, you know, the process on the macro level, people just affiliate it with Alabama. Uh, I think in South Carolina, you can't be Alabama. you got to be different. Uh, heck, I think at Clemson, you cannot be Alabama. There, there's nothing – very similar with, with the way Clemson is organized and run and set up and the philosophies there with the way Alabama's organized and run and set up, or maybe in Ohio state under urban Meyer was set up and organized and run. Um, every place is unique. And, and I think that, you know, when you try to replicate something that's successful, it becomes a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy uh, on down the road. And, and it's better to be original uh, and, and to have, you know, your kind of proprietary uh, ideas uh, about how to make a program great. And it sounds like Luke Day, the strength coach, does. And, and so, you know, you, you talk about the process uh, and, and say, no, it's not about a process. It's about a struggle and all that. Well, there's some truth to that. And, and the application of that philosophy, uh, I think, fits pretty well at South Carolina. Uh, I, I think the fact that you know, Luke Day, and I said, you know, somebody somebody called me out on the message board for saying you know too much. I'm trying not to say that too much this time. You know, Luke Day uh, has an assistant coming in that uh, has 27 years in the NFL. Chip Morton was with the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he's coming in to help along with former Gamecock Byron Jaredu. Shaq Wilson's coming back, I think, as an analyst. Um, which is more on the football end of things. Uh, but Chip Norton, Morton, sorry, uh, is <laughs> sort of Day's mentor. 27 years of being a strength coach in the National Football League. That's a lot of credibility uh, to be part of that staff. Uh, and then you have Jared O in there and then some other guys. So uh, I think that – you know, you talk about Luke Day, you talk about Chip Morton, you talk about Derek Moore, you talk about Connor Shaw, you talk about Shaq Wilson, Byron Gerardo, you know, the other people, you know, Jessica Jackson, still the other, the off the field guys. And and we, we call it off the field because that's just kind of what you call it. You have your 10 assistants that are quote unquote on field, and then you have off field analysts. Those are the types of guys and gals uh, off the field that I think will help. Uh, implement the vision and the culture uh, and help the locker room to heal. I, I really do. I think there's people on the field staff that are like that too, namely uh, a guy like Eric Kimry. Uh, you know, there we go again. <laughs> Everybody drink. They said do a drinking game when I say, you know. Uh, guys like Eric Kimry, Marcus Satterfield, you know, Clayton White, Jimmy Lindsay, Tory and Gray. Just about everybody that's been hired, I will say everybody, Mike Peterson, everybody that's been hired on the staff has that sort of philosophy. It's like positive reinforcement, that kind of thing. And I've been told many times that, that that's kind of what 
this program needs right now. You know, they need a little love. So I think, uh, I think they have the people in place to do that. Look for the Derek Moore thing to be official very, very soon. Maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, who knows? Uh, and we'll see sort of what happens um, with the Greg Adkins offensive line higher. I, you know, it's out there on football scoop now. That's usually usually means there's a day or two before it gets confirmed and all that good stuff. So, and again, I, I endorse the Greg Adkins hire. I, I think that you know your line coaches sometimes need to be grizzled veterans and all that good stuff. We have no mailbag today, uh, folks. The the mailbag inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com if you'd like to get in. On the mailbag, I don't really see any on Twitter either, but I'll check that again. You can tweet to at the Big Spur Pod, uh, and we'll get things going there. So we will see sort of what happens. Ryan Helensky going to Northwestern. You know, I spent some time in Chicago, so it's a great school. Former Clemson quarterback Hunter Johnson's up there too. I'll say this. He will win the job if he's the best quarterback. If he is not, he will not. Pat Fitzgerald does not care about his star rating or his hype coming out of high school. I can tell you that right now. Um, I hope he does. I wish that guy the best. Certainly, um, certainly think he, he he's a player that uh, or a person. Let me put it this way: that deserves, you know, success. Uh, and is a good, you know, a good individual, high quality individual, uh, that type of thing. South Carolina has offered a quarterback out of Brookwood High School, Dylan Lonergan, or Lonergan, Lonergan from Brookwood, Snellville, Georgia, 2023 guy. Uh, good player, lots of offers. Uh, but Marcus Satterfield doing some work trying to get that quarterback board basically reworked and ready to go uh, in terms of, uh, you know, after the Gunner Stockton thing. Home Gunner Stockton, uh, Tony Morrell said this on the board many, many times. I'm, I'm going to reiterate it based on what I've heard. Carolina's got to, you know, make sure he doesn't turn around and just commit straight to Auburn uh, and Mike Bobo down there. They got to prolong it. Uh, I think I continue to believe that fighting recruiting battles, you know, it's about ammo, you know, sometimes in South Carolina over zoom doesn't always have like the ammo, you know what I'm saying? Um, in terms of what's going on, obviously six and 16, the last two years, eight, and 19, the last 27 games, embarrassing losses, you know, that kind of thing uh, that can hurt your recruiting. And, I think how you counter that is through building relationships. I think it's much easier to build relationships when you can get people face to face. Uh, you counter that with by showing guys you have great facilities and a commitment to win. You counter that by showing guys you have a great fan base and can put eighty thousand in the stands uh, for an exciting atmosphere. And that's just difficult to do. Uh, when you can't go on the road recruiting and you're in the middle of a pandemic and you, you can only have 15,000 in the stands and you can't have people as visitors uh, and it's all over Zoom. Uh, and I know other schools are, you know, 
faced with the same limitations, but guys, that they they're not behind the eight ball like Carolina is. That's the bottom line. They can take a Zoom picture or a, a FaceTime uh, or a text picture of the trophy case. You know, <laughs> hey, here's our trophy case. And so it's a different kind of sell. So I I do believe that that's going to help South Carolina um, when, when people can visit again. Uh, And I think with Gunnar Stockton specifically, uh, if he holds off and, you know, ends up, uh, you know, prolonging it, I said, you know, again, (laughs) prolonging it, uh, you know, Gamecocks can get back in it, I believe, you know, but there's a you know again. Jesus, got to quit that. Ah, I wish I wouldn't re- – I wish I hadn't read that thread. They uh, – so they can prolong it. I think they can get back in it. If he commits to Auburn here in the next, you know, couple of months, it's over. Uh, they could probably try to flip him. Do I think it's likely he flips? No. I don't because obviously his relationship with Mike Bobo, even though people talked about, Oh, the relationships more with Shaw, the Shaws and all that. uh, I never bought into that. Uh, I thought that, yeah, they maybe could hold on to him depending on where Bobo went. In other words, it had Beamer come in from the start and said, I'm not retaining Bobo. And let's say he went and took a, a head coaching job at Troy. He took the Troy job or something. Then, you know, at that point, I think Carolina holds on to him. But I, looking at it, you know, from the, the standpoint of what happened happened factually, then you got to feel like maybe the Bobo thing was a much bigger deal than the Shaws. But we'll see. We'll see. I tend to believe it's about getting him back on campus. I think it's very difficult, sight unseen, when a situation appears on the surface to be in high transition and your coach that you, you've had a lifelong relationship leaves and goes someplace else, I believe it's very difficult to stay committed to the school, no matter what school it is. So that's the Gunner Stockton thing right now, and we'll see what happens. Speaking of schools, everybody, uh, everybody talked about Tennessee yesterday, uh, and they just lost a 2022 defensive end commit, uh, and I expect they're going to lose many more commits. Uh, I'll say this. There are – a lot of people that are connected to that program that are connected to other programs in the sec that I've talked to that feel like the McDonald's bag thing was completely bogus. I tend to believe it, it may be, I'm not trying to go head to head against Dan Patrick on anything. Uh, I do believe Dan Patrick's talking to credible sources, but there, you know, everybody's sources sometimes could be wrong. So I I tend to believe the McDonald's bag thing may not have a whole lot of truth. Or it may be a situation where somebody had some cash in a McDonald's bag and everybody just assumed that was the case. 
I'm not standing up for Tennessee here, folks, so don't get mad at me. I'm just saying the actual McDonald's bag things. And, and I had a discussion uh, on the radio in Tuscaloosa this morning. What, what do you put it in? I mean, what was it? I don't think it was like in a Big Mac container because those things are cardboard. And if you have a wad of cash in there, it could fall out. Uh, I tend to think, you know, if, if you go and get the sack – and you just get like a cheeseburger and fries, but your basic yellow wrap cheeseburger and a small fry. You know, it comes in the small sack. I tend to think they use the small sack, but that's just me. But so if you kind of start thinking about it, it doesn't make sense. And then, then there's the whole thing where, well, what did they do? Did they go to McDonald's and say, I need 50 sacks, 50 bags? Man, it's hard enough to get hot mustard for your chicken McNuggets. It's hard enough to get that extra ketchup. You pull up in there, roll up in there. They don't care who you are at McDonald's. They're not going to give you 50 sacks. So how exactly did this work? That's my question. Uh, anyway, I you know, like I said, I have some questions as to whether or not that actually happened from talking to people and also using my brain and logic uh, and critically thinking about it. But that doesn't mean I don't think it's funny as hell. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, uh, I, I just think the fact that that even it was a story yesterday is hilarious. I think everybody else thinks it's hilarious. Florida basketball beat Tennessee 75 49 last night. And they tweet, we're loving it. <laughs> Tennessee is not going to be living this down anytime soon. It's just, it's too, it's too good. It's too funny, uh, in my opinion. So we'll see sort of uh, what comes of it. I tend to think my little theory here, and it's just a theory in my opinion, I'm probably wrong about it, just to be honest is that you're going to see Kevin Steele coach the team in 2021. They may take some sort of self-imposed bowl ban if things aren't going well. They'll have a new athletic director in there. He'll settle in and then go hire a coach. Now, I'm probably wrong, and they're probably going to do something crazy like conduct a coaching search in February or March, which is not ideal. Uh, you know, and, and if they go get Jamie Chadwell, I know a lot of you Gamecock fans out there are going to be interested to kind of see how he does. I think that other folks out there like Gus Malzahn and Tom Herman who have won, uh, but who, you know, maybe if they weren't at Texas and weren't in the SEC West would still have jobs because they're really good coaches. So, you know, I, I, I think that, those are guys too that I've heard. I think Bill O'Brien would be a good fit for them just because of the mess he stepped into at Penn State right of the ship. People confuse Bill O'Brien with, you know, Bill O'Brien, the GM. And he's a hell of a coach. Probably not a good GM. Hell of a coach. So we'll see who they hire up there. It's relevant because Tennessee – how they do is relevant to South Carolina. You know, for a dozen years, we've heard about Tennessee coming back. 
Oh, they're back. They're back. And they have beaten the Gamecocks two years in a row, which is one of the reasons Carolina needed to make a coaching change. You know, because you can't – I say every year how you cannot lose that game, uh, especially when it's at home. And, you know, because that you, Tennessee gets up off the mat and that fuels their rise because South Carolina's right there competing with them in the East. And so same thing with Missouri and Kentucky and Vandy and Florida and Georgia. You know, those are division teams. So I believe it's relevant. And, and I think that when Tennessee is not good, I know that they are not a uh, as big of a factor on the recruiting trail. I think when Tennessee starts to kind of build back, you saw it under Butch Jones. You saw, saw it for a, a spell, a summer of the Vols under Jeremy Pruitt. I don't know that you ever saw it under Dooley. You certainly saw it for the one year under Kiffin. They go sign good players. When they're, when they're trending up, you know, they, they have a story to sell. I talked about the trophy case. They can take a picture of the trophy case on Zoom and, and rock and roll. So we'll see. We'll see what happens at Tennessee. I, I, I don't I don't wish them badly because I have a lot of friends that are Tennessee fans. But I, I think when you look at it from a Gamecock standpoint, you are not sad that they're going through some turmoil while you're going through a transition. It's just that important. Tennessee, South Carolina, it's just that important when you look at it. Just like I don't think Tennessee wants South Carolina to be up. Why? Why would you want South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky to all be good if you're the Vols? So we'll see what happens there. I don't know that they're headed to the abyss, but – I think they're certainly remaining in the deep wilderness uh, based on what's happened. And, you know, then you'll see sort of what happens with the transfers and what happens, you know, are they going to get gutted roster wise? We'll see kind of what happens. All right. So no mailbag questions. You guys need to mailbag question me inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Again, be sure to follow at the big spur pod on Twitter in inside the Gamecocks on Instagram. Gonna put some good stuff there. I uh, got a text from uh, one of my friends that works in the Arkansas market. Uh, first of all, they were all sad to see Justin Step go. They are really, uh, I guess, really complimentary of him and the energy he brought over two coaching staffs uh, during his time in Fayetteville. So, you know, Carolina actually got a good one there. If for, for those of you that think the entire staff is awful, and I know that's becoming more and more of a vocal minority, and not uh, not something that every not not an opinion everyone shares, or even eighty percent of the people out there share. You know, share. But uh, so, but I got a call from him, and he asked me, you know, who were the guys that were seniors that could have left that are coming back at Carolina. Cause Arkansas has nine of them. Cause you know, everybody got the, the red shirt last season automatically. So everybody's red shirting the same ways in basketball this year, everybody red shirts in basketball. So I don't think AJ Lawson's coming back, but uh, 
Heck, maybe the rest of them do. Who knows? So I went through, and, and South Carolina has seven, and, and these are the seven I've counted that I have not heard, hey, they're leaving or opting out or whatever. Um, Nick Muse, Aaron Sterling, Jalen Foster, who got put on scholarship, Damani Staley, Parker White, Sherrod Green, and Jabari Ellis. So that's a good group. I mean, you don't – you have Mitch Jeter there uh, to take over for Parker White, I guess, when the when the kicking job comes open. But, I mean, heck, I, I'm curious to see how Parker White does. Uh, Sherrod Green was hurt most of the season, unfortunately. I think he was a good, better player in 2019 than he was in 2018. Carolina needs a linebackers. Obviously, Jabari Ellis is big coming back, started a lot of games on the D-line. Damani Staley, another linebacker that provides depth. Aaron Sterling is a talented pass rusher as well. Uh, curious to see how he does in this defense. So, so that's a pretty good little group. Uh, if I'm forgetting anyone, shoot me an email to insidethegamecocks at gmail.com. Uh, the, and, again, these are guys that were seniors last year that are coming back. Uh, Nick Muse, obviously, at tight end. Uh, and I do I think this offense is going to use attached tight ends, but also a lot of H back type guys, which is good for Jaheim Bell and Kevion Mullins. Uh, but, you know, you need a Nick Muse out there, too. And I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, certainly if he got more consistent catching the ball, I, I think athletically, uh, he has a very bright future, um, both at Carolina next season and at the next level. I'll stand by the Nick Muse could play in the NFL deal. So we'll see what happens. All right. So stay tuned to the big spur.com and to this podcast, uh, Greg Atkins, offensive line, possibly Derek Moore, very possible coming on as a, uh, off the field guy. Uh, go check out his videos uh, on YouTube. And I am assuming that the university when it's, when it's, uh, I guess, official the university will release this other um you know other video that he actually did at south carolina all the stuff on the internet is from georgia tech uh but believe me when i say that hire the strength coach hire luke day a lot of these coaches that they brought in just from a personality and 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 values standpoint and, and you know you say values and people are like well that means the other guys that they replaced didn't have any values that, that that's not necessarily true because you, you have different different personalities and, and different people different philosophies and, and you know what works one place may not work another and it doesn't mean that philosophies are, are wrong overall it just means they're wrong for a certain place and so if you're Carolina, I think you've tried a couple of different philosophies and, and it's time to kind of uh, put in something different. And, and I believe this, I believe Shane Beamer knows sort of how that works because he's he was there when Spurrier and the staff and him, he had a big part in it, built it to something that, that was, you know, a winning group. So uh, so we'll see kind of how it all uh, shakes out. But I think from a mental and approach standpoint and a value standpoint, 
Uh, all these these hires are really good. Some people are out there yelling, I don't care, I just want to win. Well, you're not going to win if you don't fix the mental part of the program. You're not going to win if you don't get confidence, you don't have confidence, if your players don't have confidence. You're just not. You can have the best coaches and X's and O's in, in the country, uh, and, and you're not going to win. You're not going to win without belief and having that baseline of, of, of confidence. And like I said, I've been told, Carolina's got players. They may not have enough of them, but they have players. It's not like there's a bunch of guys that are terrible football players. Arguably, uh, with the exception of a couple of positions, namely wide receiver and now DB because everybody left, you know, talent-wise, you know, guys with a chance, this is a better talent situation than what Muschamp took over. Now, talent doesn't is alone is 25% of winning and losing. Coaching's part of it. The mental approach is huge, especially, especially these days, guys. You know, the, the kids that are in college now are different um, in a good way. You know, you may not be able to relate to them, <laughs> but they're different in a good way, and, 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 and they're unique. This generation is unique, and you have to have a unique approach. And ask anyone that deals with college kids or high school kids. These days, my mother's a teacher, so she tells me about this all the time, that it's a different group. And that They grew up plugged into the Internet. We grew up – heck, man, when I was a kid, I went to the library to do research and, and use the Dewey Decimal System and the card catalog. These guys have it all on their phone. So they're hard to BS, hard to BS, but they are kind of problem solvers. And uh, you know, I think a lot of them try to do the right thing uh, in terms of the attitude. And, and I'm generalizing. It's not everybody. We, we don't live uh, in a homogenous society, but uh, for the most part, these guys, you know, they're not like the millennial generation overall. And again, I know a bunch of millennials and love every single one of them. Most, a lot of them are my good friends, but in terms of the attitude and stuff, it's, it's a different deal with generation Z or whatever. And it requires a different approach. I also think as Shane Beamer talked about yesterday, because of the transfer portal, it requires a way different approach. And and I think I think Nick Saban will realize this has realized this a long time ago, uh, and I think Shane Beamer gets it. Is that you have to serve your student athletes, you have to serve your players, you have to make it in their best interest to continue to be a part of your program, and and that means de- devoting resources to them and taking care of them, not just as football players, but as people. And I think Carolina's on the right track there. And I'm not saying Will Muschamp did not do that because it wasn't it wasn't like Muschamp was just like, oh, you're all you are is football players to me and, and all this. Hey, Will Muschamp cares about his players a lot more than a lot of coaches. I'll tell you that right now. There was just a disconnect in terms of the focus and philosophy from a football standpoint on the field. And that caused a lot of losing. It caused a lot of division. A lot of hurt feelings, and those need to heal. It's as simple as that. So I'm, I'm not trying to paint Coach Muschamp or his staff in a bad light. 
in terms of uh, these guys. They just, they just didn't even care about their players, and that's a uh, that's just not true. It's just not 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 factual. Anyway, I've gone on long enough. Thank you so much for listening to the Inside the Game Guys podcast. Please keep those five star ratings and reviews going on Apple Pods. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I certainly appreciate all of you guys listening. All of you who have joined the bigspur.com, the thousands of guys that have and gals that have signed up. Uh, thank you for the bottom of my heart, Tony Morrell's heart, John Whittle's heart, Hale McGranahan's heart, John Del Bianco's heart, Kerry Rich, Keith Alsep, who helps us with women's basketball, Ryan Bethay, who does women's basketball for us. Um, we appreciate you. So just uh, want to give a shout out there. And it's a new year and a new era. So everyone bask uh, in the new era and enjoy this ride because there's probably not next January going to be this much news. Probably we'll have a recruiting class wrapped up in December, waiting on two or three guys uh, and watching basketball two times a week. Hadn't been able to do that until this week. So we'll see sort of what happens. All right. I'm J.C. Sherbert. This is Inside the Gamecocks. Everyone have a wonderful day. Don't forget, Inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com or tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. Uh, for the mailbag, hopefully we have some mailbag questions next episode. I'm signing off. Happy Wednesday. Holla at you soon.